Establishment of Religion. The precise meaning of the Establishment Clause can be traced back to the beginning of the 19th century. Thomas Jefferson wrote about the First Amendment and its restriction on Congress in an 1802 reply to the Danbury Baptists, a religious minority that was concerned about the dominant position of the Congregational Church in Connecticut, who had written to the newly elected president about their concerns. Jefferson wrote back, Believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his God, that he owes account to none other for his faith or his worship, that the legitimate powers of government reach actions only, and not opinions, I contemplate with sovereign reverence that act of the whole American people which declared that their legislature should make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. Adhering to this expression of the supreme will of the nation in behalf of the rights of conscience, I shall see with sincere satisfaction the progress of those sentiments which tend to restore to man all his natural rights, convinced he has no natural right in opposition to his social duties. In Reynolds v. United States, 1878, the Supreme Court used these words to declare that it may be accepted almost as an authoritative declaration of the scope and effect of the amendment thus secured. Congress was deprived of all legislative power over mere opinion, but was left free to reach actions which were in violation of social duties or subversive of good order. Quoting from Jefferson's Virginia Statute for Religious Freedom the Court stated further in Reynolds. In the preamble of this act, religious freedom is defined, and after a recital that to suffer the civil magistrate to intrude his powers into the field of opinion, and to restrain the profession or propagation of principles on supposition of their ill tendency, is a dangerous fallacy which at once destroys all religious liberty, it is declared that it is time enough for the rightful purposes of civil government for its officers to interfere when principles break out into overt acts against peace and good order. In these two sentences is found the true distinction between what properly belongs to the church and what to the state. Uh, April 22, 1885, cartoon from the Puck magazine depicting an army of clergymen assaulting a fortress defended by newspaper editors including from Puck, while atop a hill in the background a statue labeled Constitution that states Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion can be seen. Reynolds was the first Supreme Court decision to use the metaphor a wall of separation between church and state. American historian George Bancroft was consulted by Chief Justice Morrison Waite in Reynolds regarding the views on establishment by the Founding Fathers. Bancroft advised Waite to consult Jefferson and Waite then discovered the above-quoted letter in a library after skimming through the index to Jefferson's collected works according to historian Don Drakeman. The Establishment Clause forbids federal, state, and local laws whose purpose is an establishment of religion. The term establishment denoted in general direct aid to the church by the government. The Establishment Clause acts as a double security, for its aim is as well the prevention of religious control over government as the prevention of political control over religion. The First Amendment's framers knew that intertwining government with religion could lead to bloodshed or oppression, because this happened too often historically. To prevent this dangerous development they set up the Establishment Clause as a line of demarcation between the functions and operations of the institutions of religion and government in society. The federal government of the United States as well as the state governments are prohibited from establishing or sponsoring religion, because, as observed by the Supreme Court in Waltz v. Tax Commission of the City of New York, 1970, the establishment of a religion historically implied sponsorship, financial support, and active involvement of the sovereign in religious activity. The Establishment Clause thus serves to ensure laws, as said by the Supreme Court in Gillette v. United States, 1970, which are secular in purpose, even-handed in operation, and neutral in primary impact. The First Amendment's prohibition on an establishment of religion includes many things from prayer and widely varying government settings over financial aid for religious individuals and institutions to comment on religious questions. 
the Supreme Court stated in this context, in these varied settings, issues of interpreting inexact establishment clause language, like difficult interpretative issues generally, arise from the tension of competing values, each constitutionally respectable, but none open to realization to the logical limit. The National Constitution Center observes that, absent some common interpretations by jurists, the precise meaning of the Establishment Clause is unclear and that decisions by the United Supreme Court relating to the Establishment Clause often are by five to four votes. The Establishment Clause, however, reflects a widely held consensus that there should be no nationally established church after the American Revolutionary War. Against this background the National Constitution Center states. Virtually all jurists agree that it would violate the Establishment Clause for the government to compel attendance or financial support of a religious institution as such, for the government to interfere with a religious organization's selection of clergy or religious doctrine, for religious organizations or figures acting in a religious capacity to exercise governmental power, or for the government to extend benefits to some religious entities and not others without adequate secular justification. Originally, the First Amendment applied only to the federal government, and some states continued official state religions after ratification. Massachusetts, for example, was officially congregational until the 1830s. In Everson v. Board of Education, 1947, the Supreme Court incorporated the Establishment Clause, for example, made it apply against the states. The Establishment of Religion Clause of the First Amendment means at least this, neither a state nor the federal government can set up a church. Neither can pass laws which aid one religion, aid all religions, or prefer one religion to another. In the words of Jefferson, the clause against establishment of religion by law was intended to erect a wall of separation between church and state, that wall must be kept high and impregnable. We could not approve the slightest breach. At the core of the establishment clause lays the core principle of denominational neutrality. In Epperson v. Arkansas, 1968, the Supreme Court outlined the broad principle of denominational neutrality mandated by the First Amendment, government in our democracy, state and national, must be neutral in matters of religious theory, doctrine, and practice. It may not be hostile to any religion or to the advocacy of no religion, and it may not aid, foster, or promote one religion or religious theory against another or even against the militant opposite. The First Amendment mandates governmental neutrality between religion and religion, and between religion and non-religion. The clearest command of the Establishment Clause is, according to the Supreme Court in Larson v. Valente, 1982, that one religious denomination cannot be officially preferred over another. In Zorak v. Clausen, 1952, the Supreme Court further observed, government may not finance religious groups nor undertake religious instruction nor blend secular and sectarian education nor use secular institutions to force one or some religion on any person but we find no constitutional requirement which makes it necessary for the government to be hostile to religion and to throw its weight against efforts to widen the effective scope of religious influence. The government must be neutral when it comes to competition between sects. It may not thrust any sect on any person. It may not make a religious observance compulsory. It may not coerce anyone to attend church, to observe a religious holiday, or to take religious instruction but it can close its doors or suspend its operations as to those who want to repair their religious sanctuary for worship or instruction. In McCreary County v. American Civil Liberties Union, 2005, the court explained that when the government acts with the ostensible and predominant purpose of advancing religion, then it violates that central establishment clause value of official religious neutrality, because there being no neutrality when the government's ostensible object is to take sides. In Torcaso v. Watkins, 1961, the Supreme Court ruled that the Constitution prohibits states and the federal government from requiring any kind of religious test for public office. 
the Supreme Court in the same case made it also clear that state governments and the federal government are prohibited from passing laws or imposing requirements which aid all religions as against non-believers, as well as aiding those religions based on a belief in the existence of God as against those religions founded on different beliefs. In Board of Education of Karayas Joel Village School District v. Grummet, 1994, the court concluded that government should not prefer one religion to another, or religion to irreligion. In a series of cases in the first decade of the 2000s, Van Orden v. Perry, 2005, McCreary County v. ACLU, 2005, and Salazar v. Buono, 2010 the court considered the issue of religious monuments on federal lands without reaching a majority reasoning on the subject. Separationists. Everson used the metaphor of a wall of separation between church and state, derived from the correspondence of President Thomas Jefferson. It had been long established in the decisions of the Supreme Court, beginning with Reynolds v. United States, 1878, when the court reviewed the history of the early republic in deciding the extent of the liberties of Mormons. Chief Justice Morrison Waite, who consulted the historian George Bancroft, also discussed at some length the memorial and remonstrance against religious assessments by James Madison, who drafted the First Amendment. Madison used the metaphor of a great barrier. In Everson, the court adopted Jefferson's words. The court has affirmed it often, with majority, but not unanimous, support. Warren Knorr, in Does God Make a Difference? Characterized the general tendency of the dissents as a weaker reading of the First Amendment, the dissents tend to be less concerned about the dangers of establishment and less concerned to protect free exercise rights, particularly of religious minorities. Beginning with Everson, which permitted New Jersey school boards to pay for transportation to parochial schools, the court has used various tests to determine when the wall of separation has been breached. Everson laid down the test that establishment existed when aid was given to religion, but that the transportation was justifiable because the benefit to the children was more important. In the school prayer cases of the early 1960s, Engel v. Vitali at Abington School District v. Shemp, aid seemed irrelevant, the court ruled on the basis that a legitimate action both served a secular purpose and did not primarily assist religion. In Waltz v. Tax Commission of the City of New York, 1970, the court ruled that a legitimate action could not entangle government with religion. In Lemon v. Kurtzman, 1971, these points were combined into the Lemon Test, declaring that an action was an establishment if 1. The statute, or practice, lacked a secular purpose. 2. Its principle or primary effect advanced or inhibited religion, or 3. It fostered an excessive government entanglement with religion. The Lemon Test has been criticized by justices and legal scholars, but it remains the predominant means by which the court enforces the Establishment Clause. In Augustini v. Felton, 1997, the entanglement prong of the Lemon Test was converted to simply being a factor in determining the effect of the challenged statute or practice. In Zelman v. Simmons-Harris, 2002, the opinion of the court considered secular purpose and the absence of primary effect, a concurring opinion saw both cases as having treated entanglement as part of the primary purpose test. Further tests, such as the endorsement test and coercion test, have been developed to determine whether a government action violated the Establishment Clause. Felix Frankfurter called in his concurrence opinion in McCollum v. Board of Education, 1948, for a strict separation between state and church, separation means separation, not something less. Jefferson's metaphor in describing the relation between church and state speaks of a wall of separation, not of a fine line easily overstepped. The great American principle of eternal separation Elihu Root's phrase bears repetition, is one of the vital reliances of our constitutional system for assuring unities among our people stronger than our diversities. It is the court's duty to enforce this principle in its full integrity. In Lemon the court however stated that the separation of church and state could never be absolute, 
Our prior holdings do not call for total separation between church and state, total separation is not possible in an absolute sense. Some relationship between government and religious organizations is inevitable, the court wrote. Judicial caveats against entanglement must recognize that the line of separation, far from being a wall, is a blurred, indistinct, and variable barrier depending on all the circumstances of a particular relationship. The text of this podcast is sourced from the Wikipedia Foundation under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The written text has been altered for voice presentation. To view the modified and original text versions visit thelegalpages.com. The content of this podcast is presented for informational purposes only, and is not intended to be legal or professional advice. The Wikipedia Foundation is not affiliated with this podcast.